Hello and welcome to an In The Clock End podcast with me. Someone you might not recognise, might have heard me uh, on one or two of the podcasts here before, but it is my first time hosting it. It's me, Toby, uh, aka Arsenal Editor. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, I, I run an account called Arsenal Editor, I had a podcast myself. I'm known for being uh, slightly annoying, but I mean well. Uh, but who cares? We've won the derby and it's going to be a great, um, great podcast. Um, joining us, of course, we've got Steve. How you doing, Steve? Good evening, Toby, who is quite annoying. <laughs> but means well. That means well. You're not going to add that bit or are you just going to keep not, annoying? You're not annoying at all, mate. Don't be hard on yourself. Although... <laughs> I mean, that said, after some recent news yeah. as of today, I would question some of your morals. Well, I know. Look, hey, like I think just for the, for, for the listeners' benefit, uh, effectively, I've had to now attend a family event. My sister's leaving to go to Australia for a long time and therefore had to give up uh, my Man United ticket, which Steve kindly offered to me. So I'm now basically regretting everything. Title charges don't... come and go. Mm. No, 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 family come and goes, title charges. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got it the right way around, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, it's good. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into that and I think you can let out resentment, I think, the more we go through. But we've also got James with us. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, really good, Toby. Really good. I mean, how could you not be on a uh, joyous Monday after the night before? Yeah, can't ask for more. Can't ask for more. I know, and I quite frankly can't wait to get into it. Now, obviously, we'd probably normally start with um, some pleasantries sitting around maybe well, what we thought of the lineup and stuff, but maybe best just to dive straight to you, uh, Steve, who I can see you've got a small halo just behind you. Is that the angelic nature of the way you presented yourself last night when you were at the Spurs ground, or is that an Instagram filter that you've sort of got there? That I love is it. A, yeah. a light ring. Um, okay. Oh, it's for YouTubing and stuff for those shameless not plug that, for not that I really use it. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's okay. it, it's 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 for the future. Um, Calvin oh, yeah. thinks it's a porn light. It's not a porn light. <laughs> that's funny because that's what someone would say if it was a porn light and they were trying to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, it's not as exciting as that. I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, how how was the game though? Was that as exciting as a porn light? You know what. I've been to a lot of Arsenal games over the years and that topped it. Yesterday was probably the best fucking game I've ever been to. It was just, not just the game, the day, the event, the atmosphere. It was just, honestly, it was so good. So good. Talk talk us through the day. It was just a carnival atmosphere. Uh, I mean, you know, we're down to London early doors. Um, First pub we went to, they wouldn't let us in. Because we were Arsenal fans, it started well. How did they um, know? They said, "Are you?" They said, "Are you?" That we said, "What? Why?" And they said, "Oh, can we check your tickets?" And we went, "No." And they were like, "It's Chelsea and Tottenham in here." And I was thinking, "How does that make any sense?" What? They, they hate you, anyway, yeah. Um, maybe so they just let in Chelsea fans in because they'd screwed us over with the Mudrick transfer. Maybe. Mm. So it was pretty good. Yeah, we went round. We went round Highbury Islington, and then went headed over to, to Tottenham. Um, walked about, in fact, like we walked for about an hour towards the ground. Um, it really is a shit around there, isn't it? It's, it's such a hostile place. Mm. We, we crept, we crept in, and um, took, they, they actually took all my stickers off me. That was a bit disappointing. I had a water stickers, and they wouldn't let me in the ground with them because they were like, "We feel like you're going to stick these in the stadium, so we have to take them off you." Mm. Well, North London Banksy managed to get his spray painted, didn't he? I know, I know. Um, Oh, mate, honestly, yeah. 
it was just it was just ridiculous. Like the concourse, like was just like it was just a massive party. Even like at half time, it was just incredible. Um, and as you can tell, my voice is just shot to bits. A mixture of a lot of alcohol, a lot of singing. My body aches, like from just <laughs> literally my legs, and my arms are aching. Like it was just. Yeah, it was unreal. It was unreal. How was it? Uh, you went to the Eaglet, Eaglet right? And I, I imagine it was pretty crazy there. I did. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the perfect amount of busy, <clears throat> and um, yeah, had had a few looseners when I was there, and it was great experience. I mean, it was good fun. I mean, th- there was definitely nerves around beforehand. So my TV experience was in and around a lot of pub noise, a lot of singing, and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't get much of the commentary, the punditry. Not that I spent too much time listening to it anyway. But uh, James, how did you watch it? I just had a nice, quiet evening at home with my uh, other half, who was, uh, you know, quite engaged in it as well, actually. She does like watching the Arsenal, but, you know, anytime there's a North London derby on, I think even if you're not a diehard fan, I think you can still get kind of involved in it. So, yeah, no, I had a nice little roast and then sat down to watch the Arsenal and it was quite a pleasant afternoon, really. It was a weird experience because it's one of these ones where I hadn't felt that confident and that comfortable going into a North London derby for a long time and then even though when you sometimes go into a game confident sometimes when the game starts that all begins to unravel but there was only a very small kind of 10 minute periods where they started to get on top and I thought oh nerves are starting to creep in here but other than that I can't remember the last time I watched a North London derby at mm. their place thinking I'm so relaxed I'm I'm, I'm so chilled this is a lovely experience yeah, I, I spoke to someone about the game and I think because you, you live and breathe every kick of the ball and every half bit of space they get and even in their own third, you're thinking how are they going to kick the ball up to Kane and so on, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I spoke to someone after the game who's not a Spurs or Arsenal fan and it's like it was actually just the most relaxed game of football. You guys just completely dominated. Um, but I guess from the start then, it, it kind of starts from the lineup, and I, there's probably not much point going through the lineup of Arsenal and maybe because there was no difference, it's pretty much as expected, right? But I guess, um, Steve, what were your thoughts maybe and how it compared to and how the matching up was against the uh, the Spurs starting lineup? I mean, as, as for Tottenham, I, you know, I can't really speak for them. I, 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 don't really pay, I didn't really pay any attention um, to, to, to what they were doing. Obviously, you know, the usual set of Kane and Son, that's the sort of two you look out for, isn't it? Um, as for us, it's to be expected. It was like, it was, it was almost like a second thought didn't really even think about it or consider it. Like it, it was literally probably like half an hour ball kick off. Oh, what's the lineup? Let's just have a look. Oh, there we go. You're at this point now where like you might have Tierney there, you might have Zinchenko. That's sort of the main player you might swap in or out. But the rest, of, the rest of the the ten is pretty much mm-hmm. nailed on. Um, so, and it was great to see Smith Rowe on the bench as well again. So that's a bit of you know much needed depth. Uh, that, that that we we really need. Definitely, no. It was really good to see him back, and he's he's looking pretty strong. He's looking pretty big. He's um, still yet to find his touch, I think, but that's going to come very shortly. And I'm mm. really hoping it does sooner rather than later. But so happy to have him back. But with the Spurs, the the, the midfield matchup was the thing I was most like amazed at. I don't know. I like. I think we've known Tottenham have, have been pretty bad for, for, for this season, right? And even last season, they were a little bit lucky. They caught us off form. And uh, we all know what happened there, right? But um, it, just how far the rest of their team um, 
is under par is actually crazy. I actually hadn't realised just how far they had slipped. I mean, I looked at that midfield. had Sessegnon on the left, Hoiberg and Saar, who I had honestly never heard of. And then who the hell was on the right? I mean, it was... Um, I can't even remember who played on the right for them. Arsenal fan Matt Doherty. Oh, Matt Doherty. Like, honestly. I thought he was a fullback. No, well, well, they they push up, don't they? Because they've got three at the back. Oh, wing back. Yeah, yeah. But but, but, honestly, tell me a worse midfield in the Premier League. Tell me one. Yeah, I have to agree with you, mate. It wasn't a strong lineup from their perspective. I thought it was... (laughs) quite negative as well. I mean, you expect a Conte team to maybe be quite defensive. You expect them to maybe want to hit you on the break. But no, there was not a, a great deal of quality there at all. I think, yeah, like I think Steve alluded to, the front three. Yeah, there's always the worry that they might cause you problems. But no, further back than that, I think every every uh, defence with uh, Eric Dyer in the middle of it was always going to give me confidence. Yeah, they don't really have uh, much of a team that does breed confidence. But I do think that kind of just underlines how far we've come too as well. I mean, you know, there's been times, I think last year, I can't remember the lineup, but we rocked up with Cedric, Tommy Asu, probably at centre-back, I think. Ben White was... You're gone, Toby. We can't hear you. Yeah, I've just realised I accidentally booked me to myself. Um, but yeah, it just looks very, it's very different, isn't it, compared to the last team we went with, right? And the the, the mismatch was enormous. Odegaard's in the form of his life. Xhaka's been playing out of his skin. Um, is is Cedric still at the club? Cedric's, he is, yeah. But I think there's rumours about Fulham, but I'm not sure we're going to be able to agree a fee. You know. The less said about transfer at all. <laughs> Transfers in general. Well, I will... We'll get to the uh, elephant in the room, I'm sure. But look, let's celebrate what we can while we can. What, what do we think of the performance, James? How we? Uh, what was your? What's your overall and arching analysis of it? Do you know what? I think you've got to take it as first half and second half. But I think dominant would just be the word that I would use. And when I've been texting people back and forth the last 24 hours about it, that's the word that just kept coming up. And I think mature as well. There was just so many times in the game where we just seemed to do the sensible thing you know we got the lead that we needed and then we just played it sensibly from there we didn't go gung-ho when we needed to slow it down we slowed it down when we needed to you know play through the lines and hit them quickly then we did just you know what it's one of these games whereas I know Aaron Ramsdale got the man of the match from Sky Sports but I think there could have been 11 man of the matches out there. Like, I honestly don't think any player on that pitch walks off the pitch thinking, yeah, I've not had the game I could have had there. You know, everyone was just outstanding. Everyone just looked like they knew exactly what their job was. And you compare that to what Spurs were doing, who looked like they hadn't played with each other consistently. And mm-hmm. I guess that is probably the advantage of what Steve alluded to is the fact that we know what the starting lineup is going to be. And these guys are playing with each other so often now that you're going to get a performance that looks solid and just looks like they've been playing with each other for, you know, the whole of the season. And that's exactly what we got. I don't know if you saw like the post-game picture of Gabrielle in the change room celebrating, but behind him on the picture is like a, uh, zoomed in, you can see like a big picture of the word identity that's filled up with Arsenal fans. I think it's been shared around Twitter and stuff. If you haven't seen it, listeners, do, do just search it. It's pretty easy to find. But just like how much we do have an identity now, like within the first minute to the last, it was 
pattern play. Everyone knows where they are. Like you, just like you're saying there, James. And I think, you know, that is just us, and we are just playing good football now. It's something we've not really had for a very long time, and it is top top stuff. I think you'd you'd be pushed to say we weren't we weren't the the, the best team in in England right now. Um, how that plays out, I'm not quite sure, but um, we we will see. Fingers crossed. Um, what do you think about the first goal, Steve? Um, to be honest, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I've been looking I'd, forward to this moment as well. Recollection. <laughs> what was it like in the stadium? Because it was carnage. I mean, it was just carnage in that way, and there was a delay, and you can notice on yeah. the TV. Well, if you watch the highlights back, the goal, the ball goes in, then there's a silence, and then yeah. there's a realization. Like because no one, of, even, like, I think even on TV, I was complete. I was like, "What is that?" It took ages. Yeah, like because I was like. So behind the goal, but like pretty much the back row, um, still had a great view. But you know what it's like when it's <clears throat> the other end of the pitch. You, the ball sort of pings around a lot. You don't really know exactly what's happening. So yeah, it, it just went in, and we and I just assumed. I thought someone's had a shot. So it happened. I didn't really have a clue, you know how it, how it went about. Um, Do they have replays the, in the stadium? Or well, I was, yeah, they did. But I, I think I, I was just it was just carnage. Yeah, <laughs> too busy hugging yeah. everyone, every, every stranger in the, in the away, and like it was just honestly absolutely ins. Um, because I feel like even though, like you guys said, it did feel quite not easy, but we always looked in control. You know, the, the nerves are real, and that that relief to get that first goal, I really kind of took the stung um, out of the game, and yeah, and then obviously we step up, we step up with the second. Um, and yeah, that was even even better. I, to be honest, even with that goal, I went at the time. I was like, "Who was that?" <laughs> well, I, I was getting um, a couple of pints at the bar, and you know, it's so busy in there. I think I just I saw that we passed it out wide, and Saka had the ball. I was like, "Well, this would be another good attack." And you know, you get caught up, and someone bunches past you, and suddenly everyone was celebrating, and I was celebrating for ages. I had no idea who scored. Did you get covered um, in beer? No, no, we're not really. You know, not. Uh, not 17 year old England fans, are we? So it should be fine. Um, <laughs> but no, it's all good. And we, um, uh, what was I going to say? So, um, no, it was amazing. I mean, it was carnage and it felt great from there. The party really started from there and it never really looked like they were going to uh, score other than that. I suppose a couple of Ramsdale saves, which we'll get onto. But I, what I do want to know, just because I really want to put salt in the wound, can you talk us through maybe what the atmosphere was like from a Spurs fan perspective? from before the goal, maybe the beginning of the game, all the way through to the end of the first half. Like, basically, that, did we take it out? That, yeah, it wasn't that loud, to be honest. There was there was a generic, you know, come on you Spurs. But, I mean, like, I was at the I was at the game last season when they beat us. And and, the, and to be honest, you know, to be fair, that it was their ground was rocking, obviously, last season. You know, they scored, you know, two early goals. And, um... It, it was, you know, completely night and day to this season. I feel like there was that element of, like, we had such control from the start, though. That's the best way to control a crowd, right? You do the, the talking on the pitch. Mm. Um, and there was never, you know, and there was never really a moment before we scored where they were sort of coming on to us or, or looked particularly dangerous. Mm. You know, in football, you have moments that get the crowd on board, right? You know, you have a passenger play or you have a few corners or there's a, there's a period of, pressure they never really had that for the crowd to get up um but no once once we got that goal it was just it was just all Arsenal really I think I don't know how it came across on the TV but it, it was it was really it was really rocking down there um yeah 
It yeah, was very, it was sorry, mate. It was very different from a TV perspective to last year. I mean, I watched the last game that we played there on, on TV as well. And last year it was rocking and they were up for it and they were obviously on a good run. Whereas this year, I think they were worried. I think they were scared going into it. I think they kind of had in the back of their minds that this Arsenal team could do anything to us today. And if you look at Spurs record this year and their slow starts, I mean, how many times have they come from behind? And I think that probably nervousness transmitted on TV. Whereas you could hear the Arsenal fans in strong voice very, very early on. And yeah, you know, second half, they did have that 10 minute period Spurs where obviously they came out the blocks and they would have looked to get themselves back into the game. And it looked like the crowd kind of got up then. But other than that, it was really quite quiet. And like I say, it's testament to the Arsenal fans, the away support that we've got, you know, what a noise they created and, you know, the scenes at the end as well. That's, you know, I'm always jealous when I'm not at an away game, but the scenes at the end, it certainly looked like, I would say like a moment. I guess the only time I've ever seen it like that since Arteta has been in charge, I can think back to when we were at Villa away. It looks, Mm. that, that was a really good moment and I was you know good for 45 minutes good for 45 <laughs> minutes we won't go into that one hey mister in the clock end but um well, no tell us about those scenes at the end mate mate that? that was special like I feel sort of like quite privileged to have been there because I feel like regardless of what happens this season that win will always be quite an historic victory you know first time we've doubled them since what was it 2012 2013 I looked at the starting lineup that day as well Everyone's been alluding to the fact that Arteta was in the team that day, but Mertesacker was in the team that day as well. And obviously these two guys have got a massive role in the club now and a massive role in terms of Mm. what we're doing as a club now. So it just shows you how long ago it was, but also, you know, those players with that mentality of beating Spurs are now now back in that team, thankfully. But um, yeah. It is nice to have those kind of players in the club, right? And um, it, it, we feel like a proper Arsenal again. Like we found, I've got our Arsenal back, you know, so to speak. And um, I would never have guessed it would have been those two players back in the day, <laughs> but taking the charge. But um, but just going back to what you said, James, about the the like when Spurs had their moments, because I think like North London derbies are about, or just big games like this, they hinge on so many small moments uh right and i always had that nervousness that well firstly we needed the first goal and thankfully loris was playing for us and thankfully he just chucked it in the net for us which was quite nice cheers hugo um and then hugo hugo loris oh hugo sorry oh, God, i forgot that's his name first name yeah that's it um <laughs> yeah he absolutely smashed it so he chucked that in for us great with that moment we're on the front foot we're controlling the game anyway score an unbelievable goal in the, in the second one. But I think scoring enough to make sure that we were comfortable against a team who do tend to come out stronger in the second half was good. But I also think that is also game state. Like, I don't think we were going the extra mile to push ourselves forward. We were soaking up the pressure, ultimately allowing them to do things that they're not good at. Like, they're not good at applying pressure. They're very good at counter-attacking. And um, we allowed them to do that. Unfortunately, the defence was incredible and we allowed them to a few shots that Aaron Ramsdale was completely up to. So how did you, what, what did you make of Aaron Ramsdale's um, performance, guys? He was brilliant, weren't he, Aaron Ramsdale? You know, I certainly think the best performance I've seen in an Arsenal shirt. And um, it's a tricky one with Aaron. I think there's been times in his Arsenal career, I mean, look, you can see he's a character and you can see he really does get up for these moments. But 
I think there's been times, you know, I might be being a bit unfair here, but I feel there's maybe been times in his Arsenal career so far where he's almost let the occasion overtake him a little bit. Whereas in this situation, I think he had just enough Aaron Ramsdale personality while still remaining cool, calm, collected. And I think I alluded to it early on. It just seemed like quite a, a mature performance from him as well. You know, some of those saves he pulled off, fantastic. But he didn't let everything go to his head. You know, what performance? I mean, I can't think of a better performance he's had in an Arsenal shirt. Can you, boys? No, I, I think that was his best, um, but for a number of reasons. I think you'd probably expect him to make all the saves that he did, maybe apart from that Sessegnon one, which was hilarious because Ben White, did you see Ben White shouted it's as soon so as Sessegnon It's Absolutely. so playground, isn't it? It's literally <laughs> like what you can imagine doing with one of your mates is going through on goal in the playground. Yeah. Have you seen it, Steve? Yeah. Is this, is this when he made the save with his foot? Or was the one he put it wide? And Ben White shouts yeah. at his, his face. It's just I, hilarious. I don't know how he comes up with these various like hilarious things that he does, but it's great. Um, so, no, ma- ma- massive kudos to him and obviously um, Aaron Ramsdale. I think it was his best. And I do think he needed a good game. Not that he'd been playing badly, but he did seem a bit subdued since the World Cup. And I think this kind of big game performance was something that I think gave him like national credit again. Um, I don't know why, but he does seem to get a lot of stick or kind of unexpected like he does, he's, he's definitely underappreciated by people outside the club um and i'm hoping this is one of the games that puts a marker in and i think make people realize just how good he really is he doesn't seem to oh i can't say that i'll touch with when i say it he doesn't really seem to make that many mistakes the scene we've seen them from david de gea with as in you know, saying that shot stopping mistakes david de gea hugo Lloris, edison has had one or two this season allison has one or two this season you know these are top 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 quality goalkeepers and it's just not something we've seen in him yet. You know, very young. But um, no, outstanding performance. I think things are just clicking into gear. I, I almost feel like this weekend, once again, the, the stars are keep aligning. Things elsewhere are going our way. We're doing the business. Um, dare we dream? Let's let's start to dream. I, I do think on the Ramsdale one, before we move on, like mm. didn't actually realise until watching much of the day back today, how, how many good saves he made. Um, you know, once again, come back to that thing where like, where it's down the other end of the field, you'll see a fast shot. You'll see the ball fly out wide or over the bar. Mm. And at the time you think, oh, you know, has he skied that? What's, you know, has it taken a deflection? You're never really too sure. But um, no, he made some really important saves. I remember he made one in the first half from Sun. They, 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 they cut us right open. It was a really good chance. Probably a bit of a tight angle. And he got onto that really well. And if you think, if, if they score that, you know, that's one all change the whole complexity of the game. Um, and obviously, you know, we kept, you know, the main man, Harry Kane, very quiet. Um, did, a, did a great job on him. You know, he, he barely got near the ball, did he? And, you know, to think they were, they were getting so excited, weren't they? they? They'd already pretty much said, look, they're going to beat us. He's going to break the record. Um, can we just talk about as well? They fucking hate us so much. Yeah. It makes it so much more enjoyable. Just, oh. they despise us. Like, you know, when they, when they come to Arsenal, you don't really get much drama around there. We're not like that at Arsenal. Yesterday, going to the game, I was in the, by the away end, and then loads of their, loads of their fans just came, just, just came down the road with flares, just shouting abuse. I just laughed. <laughs> it's like, so funny. It's, it's like, what are you doing? It's a small what, club, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, And it's funny because, like, 
Of all the Arsenal fans at that time, they're in the ground in the concourse. Like, there's, there's probably about 20 people outside. It's like, what are you here for? Fucking bunch of clowns, honestly. Well, look, boys, I think uh, it just sums it up, doesn't it, what happened at the end. And look, I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on it because we want to spend more time on what was a fantastic Arsenal performance. But, Steve, you talk about Spurs fans and Spurs attitudes. I think what happened at the end there with Aaron Ramsdale getting a kick from a supporter, I think that just sums it up. You know, I, asshole, I, can't, I can't see that happening at Arsenal. I really can't. No. It wouldn't. No. I can see us getting fined for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow it'll be. It's Arsenal's fault. It's our... yeah, Did you so see um, Mikel Arteta yeah. go and grab Xhaka? I love that. Love that. It's one of my favourite videos of the season. And that's when, like, he sort of started that charge. If we win the league, that that field, running down the field, that's as good. Love it. Like, put it in. Honestly, get that like captured. Like, uh, put the Titanic music okay for it. <laughs> uh, I. Do you know what? There's sure. a re- sorry, mate. There's a really good go. photo of it. Actually, if you go on the socials, you'll find um, there's someone's got a really good still image of him pulling Ramsdale away, and then there's this image where he's got his arm around Ramsdale, and he just looks and sees Xhaka going the other way, and you can just see the fear in his eyes, thinking, "Oh shit, don't do it." We and we just, can't afford to get him booked. And just yeah. gets and just legs it halfway down the field after him. But you know what? Fair play to our to Arteta. Like he took one for the team there and he made sure that he didn't create a situation that didn't need to be created and you know thankfully go on did you see Richard Keyes oh that was gonna that was gonna be my one good that was gonna Uh, be my one good did you hear his fucking remarks honestly who who, makes my day who's employing these people Arteta's just living rent free in his head isn't he just he's just I bet he has sleepless nights waking up sweating because of Michael Arteta he reminds me of like Pierce Morgan and his relationship with Meghan Markle. Like he's just so, you can see him raging, like just somewhere. It must Obsessed. be Miguel. But uh, look, I, I just really want to make sure that we don't miss this opportunity because we were talking about how bad Spurs are and how much they hate us. And I do just want to finish that point because I do think that's important. I think the reason why they hate us even more than they used to is because we were clear from them for years, for donkey's years, and I think it's fair to say. As a team, I think they had, we lived our Mustafi days, we lived our uh, David Luiz days, and we had Socrates and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's fair to say, over the past six years, they had a slightly better team than us. In that period, they've qualified the Champions League a few times, um, and they've enjoyed a few good games. And uh, within that time, we've won four trophies. <laughs> and, and we were watching oh, and what they're realising is it's the end of that time. They've had two managers who never, never miss out on trophies, who are both missing out on trophies or missed out on trophies. And uh, they've realised that they are Spurs and we will be back at slash are back. And they've absolutely fucked it. And I think that's why they hate us so much. So I just wanted to make sure that was really clear. Really and clear. Really clear. And then we just want to make sure that that, that point has been made. And I, I'd love to invite you guys to just add any but other Toby, but Toby, they've finished, they, they've qualified for Champions League several seasons in a row. That's in the history you books. Get, you get a trophy for that, don't you? Oh, no, it wasn't in a row either. It wasn't in a row. Let's not, it's I'm funny because they'll look back on this era and that's all they've got is, oh, we made it, we, we, we finished above Arsenal. Arsenal's worst team in 20, 10, 15 years, four Africa Cups. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. They, they do, do, they do it, it to them. It, 
They do it to themselves as well. I think it's on their seats or around their grounds, you know, the whole can't smile without you. And just, I literally cannot think of a better phrase. I, you just can't smile without Tottenham Hotspur, can you? I, I can just imagine how angry they are. I spent last night and, and some of today, I do this every time, going on like YouTube. And I, if, you, if, if you haven't done this, and this is to our listeners as well, just this YouTube search Tottenham vlog. Oh, mate, I do it every time. There's, and there's those two brothers. They're fucking hilarious, them two. And it's just beautiful. And they were so confident yesterday. And it was—it's so funny every time. I've literally got the video up here. It's so um, funny. It's a really, it's a really bad video. I shared it of um, them before the game. There's about twenty of them stood around with a white flag. It's like, oh god, god. tin pot, tin pot. Did you, did you see that video I shared today with Gabrielle? And he's coming off screaming. Absolutely loves it. Can we? Yeah, can we it. So good. Can we talk about Big Gabby for a minute? Actually, mm-hmm. I don't think he's um had the credit he deserves this season. I mean, look, Saliba's come in and been unbelievable, and no one would have expected him to play as well as he has done. But I think Gabby's almost kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And yesterday again, such a commanding performance. You know, Kane didn't get out anything out of him. The front three didn't get anything out of him. I think he's so important. They. They gave some statistic on Sky yesterday. I can't remember it off the top of my head of how many games in a row he started now. And it's like 58. Yeah, it's something like that. He's, it's, it's frightening and he's just so integral. And I think he's just so much better on the ball now than what he ever used to be as well. I just think that we talk about players that we wouldn't want to lose. I think he's right up there for me. And the drop off mm. between him and say, you know, Rob Holding coming into the team, I think that worries me a little bit because he is just a rock he's just unbelievable this season I mean they're all unbelievable I love them all but just big Gabby yesterday spot on fella should we do should we do two man of the matches each because I feel like there's a good few players to speak about we can do like a couple of minutes on each something so it sounds like your man of the match was Gabrielle James um or you can choose a second now honourable mention for Zinchenko as well. I think he really does make us tick. And um, yeah, he gave the ball away a few times, but just the positions he pops up in and just, I did enjoy his general mentality yesterday as well. And I think when he was coming off the pitch, he was geeing up the Arsenal fans as well. So that was oh, quite I love fun. That. Love I love that. He just seems to get it. Then he's And just, I think I've been listening to a few Arsenal podcasts the last, last day. And someone was talking about um, how, Zinchenko, the mentality as well as Jesus that they've brought into the club, like they've got no interest in talking about top four. They've got only interest in winning things. And I think you can just see that. He's just a born winner, isn't he? And just oh, can't believe heaven. they gave him two of their best players. I know. I know. It's mad. I had no idea how good these players were. And I think, you know, some players, I guess, <coughs> who thrive being the man somewhere else. Um, whereas being in a bunch of like basically Harlem Globetrotters, it's quite hard, you know, and they're always fighting for their place where they were Arteta to help them feel loved. The fans, the Zinchenko had a like song for song immediately within 30 seconds when we were at Palace Away, Steve. Mm. Um, you were, can you remember Palace Away? Uh, just about <laughs> enough, mate. Enough to remember Zinchenko. So off your trolley. <laughs> having the best time of my life, mate. <laughs> too, too, many, there, mate. Too, too many blue smarties that day, mate. Oh, right. mate. Best day of my life, mate. Best day of my life. Um, but, uh, yeah, good. He changes the, the quality of the team, right? We are a, an elite team with him. 
And um, we'll get on to, I think, where maybe some of the gaps could be if we lose an injury, I think, in a bit. There's one question about it. It's probably worth covering. I'm going to go for two man of the matches. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to... Erdegaard's the obvious one, I think. Um, obvious reasons. I think he's getting better and better. He looks like Ozil, plays like Fabregas. And yeah, I just think he's really, really coming to his own. You forget how young he is because he's been around for so long. But I think I think enough's been said about him, his performance, but he really is every bit that we'd hoped. And I think a little bit of love from the fans. Again, being the man somewhere else, coming from a Harlem Globetrotter team, a bit of love, a bit of tactics, and he's just the one. Everything he did was 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 brilliant. Um, and I'm going to go with the other one is slightly left field, but I do think deserves a mention, was Eddie Nketiah. I thought he was absolutely class. And if we're going to judge Gabriel Jesus for anything but goals, really, which is running the channels, taking it past people, um, tech coming short, popping it off, being strong. I'm not sure Eddie Nketiah lost, a, lost an aerial battle last night. He was unplayable. Uh, it's such a shame he didn't get his goal. I think he deserved it. Um, and I think he was our Gabriel Jesus last night. So I thought, fair play to Eddie, man. Yep. Did that come across in the stadium? Yeah. I thought Eddie was really good. Um, I, I, you know what's funny? I was th- that, those are the two I was going for. Odegaard just for the sheer class. Like, <sighs> how, how do we only pay thirty five million for him? Um, the way he the way he runs the team, he was a complete engine, reliable, um, a real captain, real leader. Just makes us just makes us tick, doesn't he? Um, yeah. and, and as for Eddie, yeah, you know what? Not I love I love this sort of newfound confidence he's got. Um, and listen, I, you know, like I, I was quite, I've been very critical of him in the past. We're reactionary, we get annoyed, we get frustrated. But when, when he's doing well, I'll, 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 you know, happily put my hands up and say I was wrong. He, he's, um, you know, he's been phenomenal. And it was, it, like you said, it was really a shame he didn't get that goal. He took it well, and that would have just, that would have like killed it because during that period, you know, the, Tottenham were creating a bit of chances. They were. You know, we were setting our half a little bit. We needed something, and that would have, you know, really just kind of killed it, knocked it on the head. Um, but no, I thought he he was really good yesterday, and mm. um, I think you make a really good, really, really valid point. Um, and it, it's 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 a great to know that you know once Jesus is fit, Arteta's got the headache now. He's got those mm-hmm. two players, and yeah, like it it'll be great once Jesus gets back, just because it gives us that sort of flexibility again in that position because. Um, you know, I, I think you could argue as well that, you know, maybe like having Jesus at the club has maybe, you know, um, really improved Eddie's game. You know, because I, I always found like last season when he came when he came in for Lacazette, it was very sort of flat and very, it left a lot to the imagination. Whereas now, maybe it's just because the level's risen. He just He's developing. Play- yeah. It, like, one thing I noticed against Newcastle, like the way he was getting the ball and turning, and like I remember against West Ham, and you could probably argue that it was just back from the World Cup. It was the first game, so it was a bit rusty. But I remember him just being like very reluctant to sort of run with that ball. Didn't have, was lacking was lacking confidence. Whereas in the space of a few weeks, he looks like a completely different player. Um, so yeah, hopefully, bangs in a hat trick on the weekend. I'm sure hey. he will. Do you remember? Do you remember when? Um... I think basically he's a coach's dream. I think that's why Arteta continuously says brilliant things about Eddie, right? Because I think he listens and he adapts and he tries to change. And there was the other day, there was that training video and I think it circulated where it was like, Eddie, you're jogging. That's why you didn't get the ball. Or that's why you lost the ball. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. I just felt he sprinted everywhere yesterday. And uh, look, he, he was that guy. Um, 
So do you, do you want to whiz through two man of the matches, Steve? And then we can uh, maybe do one good, one bad, and we'll get a question. I, I would just kind of second what you said with those two. Um, sure. There was a few players. I mean, I thought Pai had a good game. I thought Xhaka was solid. I thought Martinelli actually had a quiet game. I thought he was good, but it was a quiet mm. game. You know, one, of, one of your best players is having a quiet game. You can take that. And he's still pretty, pretty sound. Um, overall, you know, I thought Ben White was really good. Yeah, it was just, you know, a very good, solid performance. I just loved, I, was, I, was, I know I mentioned before, I love the scenes at the end. You know, the dancing, questionable. Maybe, I think I think we need to maybe brush up on the dancing skills. Thomas Partey yeah. seemed particularly poor, actually. I was yeah. quite... They need to, one, think, the if they're going to do one. that, let's, yeah. let's, maybe, let's maybe, you know, watch Dirty Dancing, get a bit of inspo. But no, it was such a wonderful occasion and the togetherness and the belief. It's something special and um, you've got to really kind of enjoy these moments because, you know, it's what it's all about. It's not, it's not a given. Um, yeah. What a day, man. What a win. What What's, your one good? What's your one good, James? Um, I was going to mention Richard Keys, but we've already covered that. So I'm going to go with Martinelli getting the scarf on top of the scarf, the um, spider cam. Have you seen the video? <laughs> it's hilarious. I Have you seen this, Steve? Oh, yeah, there's some incredible photos of it. So, so, for anyone who hasn't seen it, who's listening, so Martinelli um, picks up a scarf that's been thrown on by the Arsenal fans and takes it more than one go, but gets it up onto the spider cam, the camera that kind of pans over the pitch, and you just see the camera then, you know, whizzing its way around certain areas of the pitch, just with the red and white bar scarf just being paraded over the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which was a, a lovely little moment. So, yeah, that's my one good. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm going to go next just because it follows on to it because I actually do believe that Martinelli had a really good start to the game, but he did fade out. And I just think he's just marked now. I think with five at the back, I think he's got different problems to solve. I think Saka can happen to him too. But fortunately, if it's not Saka, it's Martinelli. If it's not Martinelli, it's Erdogan. If it's not Erdogan, it's Granit Xhaka. And it continues all the way through the pitch. So, We've just got quality everywhere. Um, my one good was uh, Richarlison just becoming a child when Martinelli wanted to give him a little high five. High five. <laughs> he was 2-0 up running up for a corner and Richarlison was fuming uh, and Martinelli goes, hello, mate. And he just absolutely rejects him. And that probably is one of the catalysts for the final <laughs> season. I just love the pure shithousery. So. I, I hate Richarlison. He's awful. Like he's such a wanker. He's like he's like that Man United player. Is it, um, who's that? The Argentinian Anthony. guy. For, yeah, he's oh, like him. Yeah. He's got a face you want to slap. Um, yeah. Did you see as well when he when they were taking the corner and Tommy Asu put his arm out? Yeah. He's like, I'm hoping um, he, he get he, he gets an FA ban for for slapping Ramsdale as well. No, we'll get the ban. I we'll think, get yeah, we'll get moved into Richarlison's yeah, hand. hand. He had yeah. he headbutted his hand. Fair, um, fair. Um, what, my one good is the new Antonio Conte song, which oh. was just blaring all game yesterday. Uh, do, have you heard it? Yeah, I have to sing it for us though, because you know. Antonio, I, you know what? Well, before I sing, actually, listeners, my voice is just fucking in the bin <laughs> from probably singing the song. So, Antonio, are you listening to the song that we're singing? Before in in front, you and Sally and Cunt walking in and make a wonderland. I love it. I uh, absolutely love it. It was so was good. It, it, was, it was 11 at half time, and then obviously at the end of the game, we were 14 head. Oh, excellent. And it, was it sung crisp, like crisp enough for that they could hear it and understand all the words? I guess. 
very it. nice i mean it's, nice. it's doing the rounds and because of like you've got i don't know if you see videos because you've got the it's like an airport lobby it's a fucking shithole yeah it's like you've got this big stairwells so everyone had all, the, all their massive arsenal flags draped over and people just like whacking the walls oh, it's fucking party mate yeah no absolutely love it well what was your two bad one bad i should say do you want to go to james james go on then I'm really struggling with the bad. Like I was going to mention the Ramsdale kick, but we've kind of already gone through that already. So um, look, with the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, with the performance yesterday, eight points clear, Man City capitulating with, I mean, a fairly dodgy uh, goal for Man United, shall we say. But um, I honestly don't think there's much bad in an Arsenal fan's life right now. I honestly can't think of anything. Well, I'm going to go Chelsea. They're just an awful, awful club full of awful people with awful values. And I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Um, Second that. That's all, you, that's all you're getting. So I don't care enough about Spurs. I, you know, I just, we're just too big a club, really. But Chelsea are the uh, antithesis of what football should be. And um, I think there's a reason why Modric hasn't done an Instagram post yet for them. Have you seen like, stuff about that transfer? And like the donation to the military and stuff, which is obviously oh, a very don't. good thing to do, but it's getting dodgy, man. Like it's all very messy, isn't it? There's a lot so... of weird stuff around that transfer, isn't it? And you can mm. see any picture that Chelsea have posted about him so far. He he doesn't seem very happy to be there. I mean, I've not seen him smile yet. He's been twerking for Arsenal for about three weeks, and then in the space of twenty four hours, mm. what 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 has annoyed me? Because um, we may as well get into it. Because that was going to be my one bad as well. Like what what sort of what's annoyed me is the fact that like we definitely need a few players in. I don't know who they are. I don't really care about who they are, but we definitely need a bit of a bit of quality, to sort of see us through. But, you know, we made a mistake last season, didn't we? And we when we didn't do that in the window. Obviously, we don't want to pay over the odds, and that's why Arsenal pulled out. But what has annoyed me is the fact that they've just come in over heads and got the deal done, mm. and it, it just feels like. If they can get deals done that fast, like why can't we? I appreciate it's not easy. Um, what I would, what I would say, and this isn't me being biased um, or salty, because it's, it's it's the fact like it, when you look at it and you take a step back, you think it's a lot of money for someone who we don't really know much about. Considering you know he would be the highest paid player in Arsenal, I think he scored like eight goals in three seasons. Like he's not. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a bit like I feel like it's a big gamble for someone who we don't really know a lot about and could ultimately, you know, completely flop. I was chatting to a, to, to a friend of mine who's a Chelsea fan and, and he couldn't believe they signed him. He was like, we've got that many wingers. He was like, there was, it just, he's like, we need defenders. Like it just makes no sense. And I think it's a Chelsea flex and the cash. Uh, look, eight and a half year deal, a hundred million quid. Um, they're paying him more than double what we were going to. Basically the Arsenal package Overall, throughout the contract length, including transfer fee, delayed payments, and then the actual salary, was about the same package as Gabriel Jesus overall. So it wasn't like I heard that on the Ask Cast basically, and it summarised it quite well because it's a very confusing transfer. And Chelsea are going in and whacking up the fees, up the salary, eight and a half year contract. Like if if this transfer doesn't work, and it could well be that he's the next Messi, and but we do not have that financial capability to for that to go wrong. 
we just don't. We just that we can't. That would screw us over for, for for ages. And if Chelsea want to do that, fine. It's gutting, but like, you know, we 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 just aren't that club. And look, every every, every time we've had a transfer so far, what we wanted, I saw someone tweet this. We we wanted Buendia, we got Erdegaard, we wanted Lissandro Martinez, we got Zinchenko, like we got Vlad. We didn't get Vlavic, we got Jesus. Like these are, you know, I can't imagine our lives without them, and I wouldn't want any other. Of those, David Raya, we ended up getting Ramsdale. You know, and we want Deco Rice. These rumours are surfacing again. I think that's going to happen. Saw that. Oh um, God, yeah. I, but we, I mean, we do, oh. we do need to, we do need a player in the window, at least one. Because it has like yeah. it, it will be a massive opportunity missed if we don't. Um, I feel like I just do you not do you not, do you not would you agree there? Do you not think like even though it was a lot of money, let's say it had have gone through. A part of me was always been like, it's a lot of money for someone whose stats aren't that great. Mm. For me, it's uh, look, I might live to regret this, but with the money that ended up being spent, and obviously all of the weird and wonderful stuff that's come out in the last 24 hours about the transfer, I'm almost kind of proud of Arsenal for sticking to our principles and sticking to what's got us to this point. I think mm-hmm. we've there was that period, wasn't there, when um before kind of Edu took the reins where you still have Raul in charge, where we were throwing a lot of money around and we were kind of looking for these quick fixes. And I feel like what we've done with some of these players that are a little bit more under the radar. Yes, we have had to pay an English tax on certain players, but we've not gone out and spent stupid money and it's worked. So I think to almost kind of go away from that for the sake of this one transfer would it have gone against everything that's got us to this point so far? And mm. look, you know, you might, like you allude to, you might well turn out to be the next Messi. But until that point, it seems like a lot of money for someone who's not tested, he's not proven it on the biggest stage consistently. And that's a lot of money, which, you know, that'll buy you a lot of player. I mean, unfortunately... You get two or three players. In the and market. honestly... I, I I I just picking names out here, but imagine you get Alessandro Trossard, if that's his first name. So Trossard, I think, is a really decent option on the wing. Technical player, can finish, would slot in really well. Bit older, slight pivot on what our actual transfer strategy is, but ultimately could get us there. T. Elements, slightly more experienced player, Premier League experience, can get him on the dirt cheap. He's got six months left on his contract, says he wants to leave. Both players, yeah. this is. Why do we go for these? Probably get that for under fifty. And then you've yeah. got pocket money left over, you know, and like, and look, I think so Rory DD, um, friend of mine and someone who's uh, entered a question into the podcast said, what happens if party gets injured? And is, is that actually a top four risk? And I hate to say it, but maybe not a top four risk, not out of the question, but there are a few positions where I'm like, right, if that does go down now, we are, mm. we, we, Folks. We're, at, we're, we're not the same team. At all, and I, I, I could put that down. We're out need. That's what we are. Well, he's injured but, as well. Is he? Yeah, he's injured. He didn't didn't wasn't on the bench. All right. Do you know the what? Thing, the the were... thing is, sorry, James. I was going to say, like, the thing is, one thing. The last bit I was saying it is what I'm annoyed about is, is like it's the 16th of January, and we've wasted nearly three weeks. Mm. Yeah, but we're halfway through the transfer window as well, so I feel like yeah. we've got time to reset and go for another target i mean i feel like there was a lot of eggs in the mudrick basket but surely there must be a another target there must be a reserve as such but i think just finally just very briefly going back to thomas Partey for a moment i think there's something i meant to say when we were analyzing the game there actually was that that set up for that 
second Arsenal goal, where Partey basically takes two or three of their players out of the game. If that's El Nenny or if that's Lekonga, I don't think that pass gets made. I think that pass goes back to our defence. And I think that's something, as well as the solidity that Partey gives us, that's, again, another fantastic attribute that he's now brought to his game. And I'm thinking more and more, especially with Smith Rowe now having come back fit, for me, I'd maybe be thinking, do we need to prioritise a Partey air as such? But it's always going to be difficult when whoever that player is knows he's going to be on the bench unless Partey's not fit. Could, could we not go into the Premier League Midst the, I don't know, some sort of like like the Southampton or mm. Everton, who've got a few you know, semi decent Premier League proven, who can just come in, who are better than say Sammy Laconga, who can who can come in or you know, play for half an hour off the bench. What about James Ward Prowse? He can hit, he can hit a ball. Oh, he's terrible though. I think honestly, he's he's, <laughs> he's brilliant at free kicks, but trust me, there's a reason why he's at Southampton. But. Um, <laughs> Do you Look, know what I mean, though? Yeah, there's, there's definitely players in there who just they're nothing. You know, I'm not you know someone who's not necessarily glamorous, someone who's run of the mill, who is tried and tested. You know, that, I think that that's the players we should be trying to go for. Mate, we need or, a Diego Jota signing. Like someone, no one really rates that highly, but you know, people upstairs know a lot more than we do, sort of thing. And then suddenly slips into our system really well and can finish and can play across the front line. And I, I think. I felt like, I don't know about you guys, but on Saturday when this all happened, I felt like I'd been broken up with, like it was a proper heartbreak. I think they'd flirted with us so much, um, Madrick, and, you know, God knows what happened. But I, I, had, I was so invested in him, I hadn't even thought about other, other players. And I've no doubt that Arsenal have got a list, but January's hard, man. Who would you want, James? I honestly can't think of a name. And I think the fact that we haven't been linked with anyone else and the fact that you know, people that are much more insightful than me haven't really been able to come up with a name. I think Wilfred Zaha is a player that interests me, but I'm not sure whether he's right for this project. I think, you know, he's coming to the end of his contract. He's probably going to want the Bosman at the end of that. Whether he is going to be an, an Arteta-type player, does he want to be the star man a little bit too much to be in this team? I'm not sure. But if you were just looking for a winger that gives us pace, that gives the goal threat, he would be up there. But I'm just not sure if he's the right person, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's 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 tough. And um, I think because we were so invested and there's so many long-term replacements that we know about, it's kind of like we're, we need that perfect balance between someone who's ready to help us go and win the league, who isn't going to be obscenely expensive, but can also make a difference and also is happy to be back up. <laughs> like it's it's an extremely specific um signing that we're trying to get for for, for January. I mean um seeing how Patino's playing for Blackpool, potentially call him back. But I mean There's gotta be a short list, right? There's yeah, gonna there be a big be. list of players. They've got enough surely you've got a good we've got enough good relationships with, with clubs out of out of England. Um I, I would be very surprised if we don't sign anyone. Um, just, just given like what you said, like we are an injury and suspension away from losing a few key players. What I would say is, you know, sometimes though these sort of seasons, when when you do, you know, go on to to win the league or you know you you challenge for, for, for trophies, you need luck. And we um, to be you know to be honest, you know, apart from you know, Jesus, 
We've been mm. pretty lucky. You know, I'm sure James has been touching his wood all season. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, Tony said to me earlier on, and you didn't flinch. I was waiting for you. So, oh, um... I did, I did hear. I, I was thinking earlier, actually, I was going to say, like, you know, what, you know, were you touching wood at home when you were watching, watching the game on, on Sunday? But I was going to say, when you were watching it with, with the other half. Well, do you know what? Look, one one thing's for sure. I think Edu needs to get the barbecue out. That's exactly what we need. It's too uh, cold, when... mate. It's too cold. Well, he can so, go somewhere else and get the barbecue out. You know, he can go abroad somewhere, get someone from the European leagues, get his barbecue out. Jobs are good in, marching on. But I'll tell you what, the one thing that I'll kind of finish off with in terms of the Spurs game was that for the first time, I actually do believe now. Like, I actually think we are on a title charge. And touch that word, touch I've it. Seen, no, I've seen enough now to think Master, that... Mate, it's on. It's I've, on. I've seen enough now to think that I do believe, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but up until this point, I've been like, nah, City are too strong, City are too strong. But I do believe, I really do think this is a special group of players and Arteta seems mm. to be managing them just unbelievably well. I, I, like... think, I, I think we're signing short. I think we can, but we're going to need no injuries. And I don't think Thomas Partey is going to not get injured for yeah. at least a couple of games. I, just, I was going to say the same. I've, I've got that feeling like we just got to get someone in because it's we're playing with fire. Saka looked tired as well, and we got a good week until the next game. But Europa League's going to pop up, and yeah, you're okay. Yeah, we're, we're fine, but oh, it's like FA it's, Cup. FA Cup's done. We, we we can't we can't do Man United and then City, then Everton, then City again with that eleven. I think he's going to have to make change mm. to City, and I'd happily throw it. And I love the FA Cup, but I would happily throw that City game mm. in the Leeds. We've got a pool of eggs in that basket. I agree. Um, Play the kids. Funny, we were leaving the ground, actually, and we were that was what they were singing on, on Sunday. You know, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league. It's the first time I've heard that this season. I think it's it could be, if, if, it's, if we get a result Sunday, uh, we keep saying this. Um, it's funny because people mm. are saying, they keep, they're like, every weekend people keep putting us down. It's like, fucking hell, they keep winning. It's keep winning. And, and they uh, keep moving the goalposts, don't they? It's what they think that we're going to come down on. And, yeah. Gary Neville thinks we're going to finish third. That's so funny. It's so funny. And he actually said, actually, he goes, I'd, he goes, I'd like to see Arsenal win the league, but they won't win it and they'll finish third behind Man United. Um, we'll all be there to enjoy it, won't we? Oh, actually, no, Toby won't because he's going to a family event. But oh, me and James will be there. I've just seen your question in the, on the podcast <laughs> thing. So, given the choice, Man United at home or a family meal. Oh, I don't like you, mate. I don't like you at all. It's a nice um, meal. Oh, it's just a family that oh God, I can't even be bothered, mate. Um, question. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, uh, look, look. Priorities have to take place, and unfortunately, what we see is why. Should, time this is why you shouldn't answer your phone when your mom rings you. You're an adult. <laughs> you don't live at home anymore. I know. I know. Hey, mom. I can go to bed when I want. Uh, we'll so have what, a beer for you, Toby. We'll have a beer <laughs> for you, mate. Thank you, mate. I much appreciate it. Um, I, I had another thought. Moving on from this, right? Uh, uh, just again, because we're really enjoying the, the the demise of Spurs and all that sort of stuff. Someone here has actually asked. And I'm going to change the question a bit. Welsh dot Scouser um, says, "Can we go for Harry Kane in the summer? Would be a good addition, which would be quite funny. But I, I don't I don't think we could. Basically, however, I've looked into the, to Kulusevski's uh, contract details. Right. So he's a massive Arsenal fan. He's got loads of pictures. I'm sure we've all seen on Twitter of him at the Emirates and posting about Arsenal when he's come clean a few times. It's very funny, right? If they don't make Champions League, 
like he's a free agent or he's like got one year left at Juventus or something. But basically, he doesn't have to stay at Spurs if he doesn't want to. And there's no obligation. Ooh, Could we go nice. get that? Would be because he's good. He's really good. Lovely We've been linked. We've been linked with him previously as well. I think when mm-hmm. the summer, sorry, the summer, I think it was January when Spurs signed him as well, we were linked. So there's obviously a history there, but can't see it, but I'd happily have it. I mean, one, because he's a good player and two, just because it would annoy them a lot tremendously. It's also worth noting, like, if Chelsea, well, I don't think Chelsea will make top four, not in a month of Sundays. There's going to be, there's going to be some of their players, some of their players are too good to be languishing in 10th. Yeah, so they could they, they could be a raid on Chelsea as well. Yeah, yeah, they could. Be. Well, they've got they've got surplus players, and they have got a problem coming because the players they're signing, I think they're going to have more than twenty five players. I don't know where the surplus will be, but um, they won't be able to register everyone. Have you seen how much they spent? They've spent. I think they spent, oh, I read they've spent more this summer than than I think Liverpool have in like five years. Yeah, so same, it's the same as Man City. I think it's um, crazy, it's fucking... but um, unbelievable. It is just coming through now that um, that uh, there has been a few surrounding of the referees' fines from other clubs. So I'm quite happy about that. Fulham being one of them looks like Nottingham Forest. Um, so it's not all against Arsenal. Man City as well? No, obviously not, mate. Obviously not. Um, How big is a City game in a few weeks at the Emirates? It's as big as it gets. Fucking Everyone hell. keeps saying, like, oh, you know, we've still got to play City. They've still got to play us. Do you know what I mean? Twice. I think, I, I think, Twice. I think we'll beat him we'll at home. I think we'll get four points off him. I've not seen we'll us lose this season. Just saying that, friend out there. I've not seen us lose. There I have. <laughs> it's the only away go. game. The only I away think... game I've been to all season, and it's yeah, the one. Yeah, go to another so, one. So I've been, um, yeah, so I've been banned now from all away maybe games. Get, for the rest maybe of girls in the cup. Because we can get, we can. It doesn't really matter if they knock us out in the cup. Yeah, we can send you, and then hopefully we'll lose, and we'll we'll just make sure that you keep that. So, um, I'll happily take one for the team there. Cheers, mate. Much appreciated. Well, look, um, Steve, I know that you've been itching to to go. I know you've got various things to sort out for a while. So let, let let's leave it there. I'm going to go eat my chili as well. So it's um it's been a good day. It's been a great weekend. But um, Steve, mate, thanks so much for coming, and I know you've been feeling particularly hoarse. So. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Thank you, mate. <laughs> it's been great talking about this. This uh, what, a, what, a, what a fantastic weekend it's been. And um, yeah, you know, isn't podcasting so much easier when you keep winning? Or well, actually, is yeah, it easy it's... When is, isn't it easy when you're losing because you've got things to rant about? When it's all going sm- like smooth, you're just like, this is great. F is yeah. great. If it's wonderful, it's basically just a stroke in our egos for about an hour. <laughs> so glad you said egos. But, um, they, <laughs> they, uh, no, I know what you mean, like because the, the, but the good thing is there's still problems to fix, and that is in the transfer market. So there's a lot to talk about. But you are right. We're just like, yeah, well, pretty good, will it? Yeah, sick, um, sick, sick. Oh, good. Anyway, look, cheers, Stephen, James, mate. Thanks so much. Good to see you again. Cheers, Love guys. Me. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for everyone for listening. We'll see you next week on an In The Clock End podcast. We might have one uh, later on in the week. We'll have a quick chat about that. But we will see you on the next one. Cheers all. Cheers.